What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me. Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. Today is Friday. You're almost there. The weekend is almost in your grasp. Just to pull and say, come here. So I hope everyone's having a good day. I hope everyone's being safe. I hope you are enjoying your Friday morning. I'm hoping if you need to, get your coffee, get your pre-workout, get what you need to do to get through the day and get on to the weekend. Uh, It's been a very eventful week for me i will say uh we are still in the process of shutting down my old facebook yes i did get hacked two sundays ago so if you get getting a message saying hey i'm here to give you money or something like that it is not me i'm sorry i apologize i wish i could be that person but not scam you and not steal money from you but actually be able to give back to y'all like that post is because i mean it's pretty nice 4600 promise you that money or something like that i mean if i could people i would but i just want to let everybody know let y'all know that is not my facebook no more if you haven't report it and block it so you don't have to worry about that nonsense anymore so today i am joined with my boy johnny romano johnny romano is the 90s pop star Johnny Romano has been wrestling for a very long time. He is, his first time starting in a professional ring, I think, was at 18 years old. So Johnny is, I think, around in his 30s or something. I'm not totally sure. But Johnny Romano, very good person. Very good heart. I mean, kind-hearted. Big fan of wrestling. That's how he mainly got into it. It was just to want to be... One of the guys that he's always watched on TV. Wrestling's always been like watching superheroes. I think anyone really could say that. Especially around the 90s era and all that. Maybe even, actually even the 80s and stuff too. But, I mean, it was like a larger than life gig. It was amazing on some things. But today, the main thing we're going to talk about is mental health. Johnny Romano is the 90s pop star on weekends, but during the week when Johnny Romano is a father, Johnny Romano is a husband, he is a mental caseworker, and we're going to talk about the times with quarantine going on, and we're going to talk about his job, 
as a mental caseworker what some of the what some of the things that he has to deal with day in and day out what what's the process of how his day goes pursuing these careers and stuff so when we come back we will talk to the 90s pop star johnny romano i am here joining with johnny romano how is it going my friend we are finally here <laughs> uh, wow can i hear you now hey i could all right so usually what it does when when it tells me that you signed in it'll make it like a little ring noise and i didn't hear anything and when you kept messaging saying i'm in i'm like I don't hear anything. So, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good, man. It might have been something with uh, was using the Bluetooth headphones. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm '90s kid, man. So I was waiting for us to, oh. you know, do a dial up and an AOL chat. <laughs> have that whole little ring going on through it. <laughs> right, right, and, and find out what your ASL is. You know, I don't know if anybody remembers that age, sex, location. Oh my gosh! I, I remember when I was little. I always went on WWE.com. So obviously, you had yeah. to wait about ten minutes just before you could even get on. <laughs> right, nice right. And you were just so anxious too because you knew for a fact, hey, all right, after this signs on, I can go on what I want to do. So, so how are you doing with all this stuff that's going on? Good man, good. I, I, I've um. You know, like when we talked yesterday, I've actually felt like in uh, some ways this whole quarantine has been a, a good eye opener. I know for me, but I know a lot of uh, workers I've talked to that it's been like good for the soul in, in a way to just mm-hmm. saying like, OK, I can clear my head and I'm able to work from home now. And that's been like a great experience to be able to be around my kids more and stuff like that. So you got to take the yeah. lemons and make lemonade, man. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I, what do you say about giving good for the workers and stuff? Because obviously, workers they don't take time off. And <laughs> I've said it in my past episodes numerous times. Regardless of how you bump or whatever, man, it's not good for your body. <laughs> that aside, man, you know, I was talking to um, good buddy of ours, uh, uh, Logan Stevens. <clears throat> Me and him, uh, we talk pretty much. Uh, on a daily basis, just checking in with each other where we're our little, you know, uh, therapy to each other. But he was talking about like how it's, it's just been good to be able to take this time away because I think we get so caught up. A lot of us, I, I got to work and I got to keep my um, bookings filled. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Well, with not having the option for a lot of us, it was just really good to be like, OK, now you it's almost a detox. Like you went to rehab to just, mm-hmm. all right, I got to get this out of, out of my system. And now it's like, you know, wrestling starting to pick back up. But, you know, we were talking about like, you know, missing birthday parties and, you know, um, missing events and stuff to go get to this book. And because we feel like we had to be on it or we, we got to go, we got to go. And we made a commitment, you know. And then it, it is really like a high because you go, you do it. You get that moment of, of clarity and you feel good, then you got to drive two, three, four, seven hours home. And you're like, and that's when the high rope wears off and you're like, I missed my kid's uh, recital or I missed this and that and the other. And I'm not to say that I don't love wrestling and I, I don't want to keep doing this, but just to put things in perspective, because one day, because you use the physical aspect of it, 
but the mental aspect of it, because one day our bodies won't allow us to do this anyway. Where will you be? What, what, what will be your, you know, thing to say, like when you come home and, and, you know, that, and, you know, man, sometimes we, we forget who Clark Kent is and we just think that we're constantly Superman. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that terminology that you say, because I've had that in talk with numerous people. Uh, obviously, I was running for a while, but I was just running in certain areas, whatever. But I had that feeling. Obviously, we've had that discussion plenty of times. Uh, I, when I was American Project, I was Superman. But the Clark Kent's the one that's got the pain, the aches, and the bruises, and everything like that. Right. But when you're, when obviously, when you're your character, you're bulletproof. Right. So, right. And, and it's one of the. And I feel like if if we would have had this situation before I decided to say, hey, it's time for me to hang it up, maybe I'd probably still be good going again because, I mean, it, honestly, it's just a really good way just to rehab, just to just rest the body because obviously we have no choice right now, but also just take the time and spend what you miss with your family. Obviously you take your family to most of the shows that you have and everything. And I, it, it, it inspires me so much every time I just see stuff. you have all your family there and not even that man, they, your kids try to help set the ring up. They try to do things. They're paying their dues and they're not even nowhere near the age to actually do it. And yeah, I mean, man. it's just one cool thing. That I love watching. It's just, just love seeing like everyone's families obviously just participating a little bit. Obviously, you and your wife are both indie wrestlers and y'all both work shows and stuff. And also, congrats on your third baby. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I, it's been a while to actually talk to you on it, but congrats on all of that. And, well, I, and I appreciate all that. I appreciate that, man, because right? you're working at home right now and everything's going on. Obviously, you're a professional yeah. wrestler on weekends most times, but what do you do on your when you're not the '90s pop? Uh, well, first, first, I want to say thank you very much for you know saying that about my family because I know a lot of workers feel like they got to huddle up in a van and seven deep mm-hmm. and all that. But my thing is, is that I love spending time with my family. I don't, I don't do this to escape my family. I don't do this to go out with the boys. I love hanging out with y'all in the locker room and all that, but I love experiencing this with my family. And I know lots of times that's not always the option. And I, and I respect that. And, uh, you know, my wife respects this. She doesn't, she is, she's like open and honest with it. She's like, I just want to be able to, you know, experience this and try my best. She's like, I'm not, because lots of times they say, I've heard people say, if you're not into this to be a WWE superstar or New Japan or AEW, if you're not in it to be the top, then you don't need to do it. I don't necessarily agree with it. I agree with the perspective of take it very seriously, work yeah. on your craft. Um, you know, a buddy of mine used to say, think of it as like being a golfer. You might win a tournament, make a little bit of money, but then you might invest that money back into new clubs and, you know, all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff, you know. So that's the way I, I kind of look at it is that I want to my I want to experience things all together if I can with my family. But anyway, back to your point. What do I do, man? I am a mental health caseworker. I work for a company in Thomasville, Georgia called Georgia Pines. And um, in a nutshell, what I do, 
uh, funny story. Originally, when I got hired, I worked with kids. I would go into school systems and visit kids that were having mental health issues. Could be depression, could be anxiety, could be defiance disorder, um, you know, uh, attention to de- deficit disorder, stuff like that. But it, the cue, too many of the kids in the community knew who Johnny Romano was as the character, the pop star, and the teachers didn't feel that it was an appropriate role model, appropriate kind of thing. Even though it was a bonding thing, it helped me to identify with them. So as a compromise, I was moved from children to adults, which ended up being a good mm-hmm. uh, thing for me. And I just I go visit before the uh, coronavirus. I go visit people and make sure, you know, they're doing good with their medicine. If they've had any, you know, people that have uh, or having suicidal thoughts or dealing with depression and dealing with anxiety. And as uh, somebody who I have social anxiety, I know that's not hard to believe as a wrestler, but I have social anxiety and I suffer from depression. I've attempted suicide two times in my life. And uh, it's something I'm very wholeheartedly passionate about, especially within the wrestling world. I think it's something we don't talk about because at the end of the day, man, there's something wrong with all of us. If we're willing to drive, you know, however many hours, put on a pair of tights, throw each other around, you know, (laughs) physically damage our body. Something is missing to what we need. We're, we're, we're putting something else in the element of things, but I, you know, we were talking about that's something I really, and eventually I, I would hope to stop, start my own podcast about mental health as it contributes mm-hmm. to pro wrestling. So that's what I do in a nutshell, man. Right now I work from home and I just call people because I, I'm not allowed to go into people's homes during this whole situation. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, I mean, we've had this talk numerous times uh, with a father that, with, with my son that has autism and just stuff that he's had and I remember me and you've had conversations about it and it was just really cool just to sit down and talk to you about these stuff because you know a very good mouth and and bro I know there's a lot of people that sit here and say hey if you don't have the body of work you don't need to be and I used to be that way and you changed me on that scenario a long time because I remember when I first worked my my first show with you obviously I was with a group that Everyone in there had a point of view on somebody else on something. And obviously, when you're around them so much, it just builds up. And obviously, you start believing it because you're so around them all the time. And when right. I first got to meet you, man, I, I, completely, I completely did not agree to anything they were saying. Because, dude, you have a lot of knowledge. And I'm not just saying outside. I'm not even saying just in the room. I'm saying just as a person, as a human being, I love hanging out with you, talking to you before shows and stuff, because I had a lot of issues like that when I, like when I told you when I first got in, was because I had issues with my son. I had issues with my kid's mom and everything. And, um, and, um, it was, I, I didn't know how to get it off the time it was just a very subject to talk about and like how you just said you had suicidal thoughts twice i've actually had that i've never came out and said this on a podcast because i just i try to make myself just a very high high figure and obviously the people that have met me for such a long time 
they always like to joke around and say, man, I feel like I have a come to Jesus moment when they talk to me now because just the stuff I went through, I remember people from my high school talking to me about, man, I can't believe you went through that. You're that you're at the stage that you are now. And one thing I'll think is professional wrestling to an extent, because it was either do wrestling or do something really stupid and get really probably my life ruined. And probably I wouldn't be to where I am right now. So, well, man, you know, other than that, so how long were you working? Uh, well, I mean, I just want to say this, man, is like, I, 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 I firmly believe, um, I mean, I, I can say I, I'm straight edge. I've never done drugs. I've never drank. I've never done anything like that. However, when I was at that point, yeah. I had two moments. And one was I took a bottle of sleeping pills and I was like, you know, if I wake up, then there's got to be some dang reason. And from that moment on, I said, okay, here we go. There's got to be something here. And I used to think the only reason I was put on this earth was to be a professional wrestler. That's it. I got to be a professional wrestler. Never had the body, um, not a gym rat. I am in the gym, but I'm not a gym rat, you know. So I do think I have a great mind for wrestling. I've, mm-hmm. I've My pre- pedigree of people that I've learned under speaks for itself. Uh, and I'm not going to go through that, but, you know, the names. But people's perspective, but I realized, like, wait a minute, I had an epiphany. I was like, wrestling was brought into my life as a point, a, a ice-breaking point to be able to do bigger and better things. Last year we did the um, suicide, I mean, we did the uh, bullying show in Thomasville, and before the show, a mother comes up to us and says that her seven-year-old son has been talking about killing himself. And I bring him up in the ring. And me and another wrestler, a good friend of mine, Slingshot, uh, Shadex, um, came in there and we, we talked to him. And it's like that moment made me go right here. This is it. This is it. This is why I did it. Hey, maybe I won't have an action figure. Maybe I'm not traveling the world. But that moment right there, that kid will remember for the rest of his life. So those are the you know, things that I hold true. And like you said, you've been through all these things. Well, here's, my, here's a phrase to live by. You didn't come this far just to come this far. And, and there's, you know, you got to write that next chapter. So that's that firmly. I mean, whoever listens to this podcast, man, I mean, whoever takes the time to click on this and see it when you share it and I share it, know that you're worth something. Know that you can do anything you want to. Mm-hmm. You're going to have uh, roadblocks in your way, but just keep pushing forward. You know, as Rocky, as Rocky said, oh, I, I what did Rocky say? It's not how hard you get hit. It's how hard you get hit and keep getting up. That's where winning is done. Yep. So, anyway, what was you asking me, man? Yeah, I, I totally. Uh, how long were you working with kids? Uh, I was working with kids for about six months, man. Um, I uh, originally worked at Salvation Army for three and a half years. I went, I ran, uh, I ran a women and children shelter um, where I would help uh, women get back on their feet if they were coming out of a, a bad situation, and then I also. Uh, in Thomas County was the head of uh, Toys for Tots for three years. So, you know, I mean, I'm super passionate about, like, you say how pro wrestling is my life. Well, what are you doing with this? Like, you know, like these people that say, like, uh, you know, I, I do this. Like, well, what are you doing with this gift? You know, what what else are you at, um, putting towards anything? Or is it just wrestle and go home? You know what I mean? So I've been um, – very passionate mm-hmm. about but yeah i work with kids for uh, i've worked with kids off and on man for a long time originally it was uh what i wanted to work with and i still occasionally at times will have a kid that i have to work with that uh 
maybe in a crisis because of the mother that I'm dealing with or something like that. So I still apply a lot of uh, what I've learned through the years. It's, uh, it has to be a passion, no man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like wrestling. You have to love this to do it. Uh, it's, and, I mean, it's, it's a larger-in-life thing. I mean, we're still, like, at that mindset where, like, when we were kids watching but to an extent, we also watch wrestling as a different aspect of what we did when we were little. Obviously, back then, we we're like, oh, my gosh, like, that was so cool. Now, when we watch it, it's like, oh, they might have needed to turn a little bit better or maybe catch the, the flow a little bit better to make it more believable on something. But, I mean, the one thing I remember since when I was wrestling, I mean, obviously, I did critique it to an extent. And we've had this conversation before. And um, it was either we were critiquing it to an extent or we were just sitting there wondering, like, what are they doing that that that's not having us up to that level? Because we can on right now, I feel like a lot of people rely on their wrestling character more than what they do on their actual life. And I've seen it personally at hand. And I'm pretty sure you've seen it, too. So obviously we got those we know for a fact are probably on social media like, hey. I don't know what to do. I can't wait to get back on shows. But obviously now where the capacity level is only like 25 people or whatever, a lot of promoters will not be running shows back to back just because, I mean, they won't be making any money. And uh, I have uh, one show lined up uh, with CWF um, out of Milton, Florida. Uh, July... um, 18th, I believe. Um, That's coming up. Or right? 11th. Uh, yeah. And uh, trying to get all this quarantine weight off. I'm a little, I mean, I can't even take my kids with me um, because mm-hmm. of what's going on. Like, it's a very, and it's in Florida. And uh, Florida has just been a hotbed for yeah. all of this. Um, I think Florida and Georgia were a little too gun ho on, uh, you know, opening things. I think Georgia was up there at first. I think Georgia actually had a real bad, a bad scenario with the case issue, a little bit worse than Florida at first, and now obviously Florida's shooting right back up. Right, right. <laughs> I've mean, even heard just, Tallahassee, Tallahassee, you have to wear your mask now in public. So, oh really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I try to yeah. stay off the news as much as possible, man. I, it's Bro, just, mean, it's just so much right. negativity on it, and it's just that's like, true. That's true, and and, and yeah. if you see my thing, I posted about stop blindly sharing things. You see something that agrees with your opinion or disagrees with another opinion you don't like, and you share it, and you don't care. Mm-hmm. You probably didn't even click the link to even read it. You just seen a headline, and that's the pro- and most most people. That's what I said. Don't understand the term satire. They don't understand the onion dot com yeah. like where these things are made like, you know, like guys, the, some of these things are in the realm of like the kayfabe news uh, website where it's mm-hmm. like, this is done as a rib, you know, and you're sharing it or yeah. something like a vague fact and we're stretching it. And I'm just like, it, I teach it's a lot of my clients. Well, I teach my clients this show me in the history of mankind where uh, uh, an, an argument has ever been settled once you start yelling or name calling. 
once you if we were on here right now and you started saying something derogatory to me, my brain on natural just autopilot is going to shut off and wait till you stop so I can make another rebuttal back to you instead of saying, you know, this is not a great example, but I've used this in wrestling to be a, a better person, man. Like I have, a, there's a lot of guys that don't like me and I got guys that blocked me and deleted me and some, you know, and uh, I have no rhyme or reason. I don't know why, but hey, here's the adult. I really think I'm on that crap list more than you are on some of them. <laughs> well, here's the adult thing to do. Louis C.K. said this. Don't get me wrong. I know he probably ain't the greatest one to use as an example pending his last two years. But in one of his stand-up specials, he says, hey, when somebody calls you, and I don't, I'll just say jerk, so because uh, I don't like to cuss on anything, even if I can. That's just my mentality of mm-hmm. keeping up the pop star image. But if somebody calls you a jerk, your initial gut reaction is, I ain't no jerk. You a jerk. Get out my face. Instead of, especially if it's somebody you care about, admire, respect, or anything in any realm, your legit response, the adult mature response should be, oh, wow, what did I do in my behavior to make you feel like I'm a jerk? Because that's not the image I want to portray. But you want, you know, the biggest problem I see, like, especially in wrestling, man, is, and I don't mean Lex Luger when I say this, but is narcissism. I ain't talking about the narcissist, but narcissism in wrestling is so big because it's like, why can't you ever admit anything when you're wrong? Why can't you say, yeah, you know, but it's, it's my page and I'll post what I want or, you know, I'll say whatever I want. Like, yes, you have the ability to do that, but you also have the ability to kind of understand when you're doing something, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't really, I was mad in that moment and I didn't really, you know, react well or whatever. And another thing is, bro, everybody doesn't always have to know your opinion. You know, you get these wrestlers that are been in the business however many years and they have to voice an opinion. Why? Does it make you feel better? Like when you post this negative thought process that you had about somebody because whatever it is, and I'm not even saying wrestling, the the real world or anything. I mean, yeah, I mean, but this is a great example to, to issue it because obviously we've got so many bitter people around and it's just like, you got, and I say it numerous times now, we got the softest generation right now. Like literally if you say, Hey, blink once apparently we're offending somebody and it's sad it's it's ridiculous that's one reason why i don't have cable tv right now i I just like to live off the internet thing because guess what i ain't gotta worry about commercials and stuff and have my kids listening to all this right well you know know, and you know somebody who really taught me was logan logan uh stevens he really you know has been a really good and helping me review how I was because I looked at my he's like man I love you you're like a brother to me but I've seen things in your past of how you reacted and how you conducted yourself in the locker room in years past or you automatically feel like you got to post something don't be that guy and now Mm -hmm. I see the people that are doing it and I have like an aha moment where I go wow I I wonder what goes through people's head like what goes through your head when you feel when you got your phone in your hand and you begin to type and your thumbs are moving, and right before you hit that sin, that negative thought process of what you're about to post, 
it's been proven. This is science now. Like that you like it's been studied mm-hmm. in psychology. You get this weird endorphin feeling, this high from it. But if you took a moment, uh-huh. like journal, man, I don't care if you're, you know, I know dudes don't like to journal, write that stuff down in a yeah. on the internet. That way you get those and you get nine people to agree with your opinion and then you feel validated. And that's what we want as a society is yeah. to be validated in our thought process. So that's why, but what did you do 10 years ago, 15 years ago before you had this as an outlet? Did you keep it to yourself? That's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Talk to somebody or write it down, but putting it out for everybody to see you leave yourself up. Then you go, I don't care what nobody that's what thinks. That's where the narcissism comes in. Cause you should care what people think to a degree. You should have a, Hey, you know what? If you came to me, man, you said, Hey man, at that last show, the way you talked to me was kind of messed up. You know, you could have uh, told me better, you know, and it did. I'd be, oh man, I'm sorry. I was just, I was in a bad mood and, but I was just trying to help you with your match on this and that and the other. No, that's not, you know, the case it, it's, it's man, you know, like you said, there's a fine line between being offended but if I come to you and I say, hey, man, this bothered me. Can we talk about this? It's two adults. Mm-hmm. And you not get defensive about me acknowledging something. There's a line between not being, as you say, soft. But then there's the line of like, you know, not being this I don't care about nothing mentality either. There's just such a line. That's why I don't, you know, I don't post. I try to stay away from anything where I'm getting pulled one way or the other, because no matter what you post, it's going to be twisted. It's going to be hurting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the great example, we've seen it personally. Uh, I feel like people just do it just to get the fan base. I feel like some people just do it to basically get the spotlight for a moment. I've seen it personally where people have well, I mean, I've added recent guys from wrestling and stuff, and I just personally just – I mean, obviously, you're going to scroll down on Facebook. Man, nobody's going to sit here and say I'm not on Facebook. So I scroll down, and I keep seeing these live videos of just, just negativity. Like, you should hold yourself as a top priority. Like, if you're going to – if you're wanting to per se, if you want to talk as your character – you need to bring yourself up to like you're a bigger person, that you are higher up. You need to basically be that role model. And I feel like most people have failed to do that recently. I feel like we're just doing stuff just to get publicity. We're just doing it to be talked about. We're just doing stuff just to get that one or two extra likes that we didn't have last yesterday or something. And it, it's that. And I feel like that's one reason where I felt like, well, obviously with my character, and we've had this conversation, I remember I was about to start going on my own and everything, but I'll be honest with you, man, the main reason why I'm not in the ring anymore, health issues was a big thing. Uh, I didn't grieve really well when my grandfather passed away. I didn't, I was very not open with a lot of people, per se, and when my daughter was just born, I I just wanted to make sure I was going to be in her life. Obviously, the situation with my son, it was a different scenario where I just get him partially. I wouldn't get him full time. So it's like I wouldn't really be missing anything because obviously I, he's got to go back to his mom regardless. So 
at that time it was just like I uh, this is this is good for me on that scenario and uh yeah I mean it was it was a rough thing and it's just it, I think what happens I hated bro, how toxic most people this is what happens a lot of times man is the mentality, and it's starting to change, is the mentality is it's an all or nothing, all or nothing. You're either you're either pro wrestler and it's this, it's all or nothing. Well, look, look at some of our, our heroes. Let's take somebody that we did admire, Ric Flair, greatest, right? Would you want his home life? No, right? Married however many times, you know, uh alcohol oh, abuse man, all that kind of kids. stuff his 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 kids never really had the father relationship they admired him for rick flair the nature boy they didn't have richard flair uh the dad mm-hmm. i don't want that and i, I mean of course i'm not rick flair he's a, I'm, i will never be he's one of the greatest of all time I, I don't hold anything to him i'm not trying to say that for some weird words get twisted and listening to this i'm saying he gave it all in spite of his family. And I don't think he did it purposely, but I don't, I mean, some people it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Now we're learning that it's like, no, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And, and, and I've seen a a training video with Daniel Bryan where he, um, before he got signed, where he talks about, if you want to just do this as a side job, if you want to do this, just, you know, a couple times or whatever out of the month or what, Hey, that's fine. He's like, if you want to make a living in it, that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with either or. As long as you're taking what we do seriously, you can take what we do seriously and still not say like, oh, I got to. Hey, man, I know your kid has a birthday party, but we need you at the flea market this Saturday. You know, we we gonna put the title on you. So it's my kid's fifth birthday party. I'm not going to miss that, you know, to go to the flea market to like if if. I got some of that too before. I'm uh, that was one thing that kind of got really irritating for a while too. It's just I had personal issues with like with my kid and stuff like that. And obviously, it held me accountable. And obviously, people are just like, "Oh, he's not reliable." And I mean, it, it sucks on some things. But obviously, a business is a business. But also, people should be okay to be like, "Okay." Well, I mean, it mean as I talk to like some close friends that are in the businesses, like. I'm 35, bro. This is the longest period of time I've not been inside of a wrestling ring since I was 18 years old. I know. 18, man. And that's a long period, but it was, it gave me a lot of clarity and things. And I, I still have some goals I'd like to accomplish that I feel like I'm, I'm uh, noteworthy for, you know, that I won't put out there to the universe till I'm actively pushing towards it. But, you know, um, I tell you somebody, uh, who really told me is like, you don't have to John Davis, man, great mentor of mine. He, you know, he came and me and him came in together, but he just, he had such a driven mentality that he was going to get what he wanted out of this business. But he, you know, said like, you don't have to take every book and take quality bookings. Mm-hmm. I would rather now at this point go and, you know, take an experience that is going to, help my perspective of wrestling or, or, or move me up or whatever, then just take your, your run of the mill booking. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's not worth it. And, you know, I miss wrestling. I miss being in the ring, but at the same time, if I never get to do it again, I'll be okay. It'll be an adjustment period. It'll be like, you know, 
you know, losing a loved one to a degree where you have to just like understanding it's not coming back. But at the same time, you know, I do miss it. But what's that? Just be blessed right. and, and just grateful for what. Well, you know, I think we always are looking at the I other see. side, like the other, you know, their grass is greener on the other side. But I've mm-hmm. learned to read through, read yeah. between the lines because the ones that maybe have the, you know, they look, oh man, look at all their, their, I had somebody, I don't remember who it was a couple years, but it's like, man, dude, you everywhere, ain't you? Talking about me. And I was like, not really. You really think that? And their perspective was is that I was because they see me on, you know, however many flyers. And but in my head, I was like, well, I mean, it's only within like, you know, my southern region. It's nothing big. But to them, it was, yeah. you know, um, a lot of things I experienced. Other guys haven't. And there's a lot of things I haven't experienced that other guys have. But it, it, you got to just be happy. You got to be able to when you take your boots off for the final time, be happy with where you've came and like. And I was just a little kid that wanted to wrestle. I saw a little kid from Moultrie, Georgia, that just wanted to be able to wrestle. And and I got the opportunity to do it, wrestle my heroes and, you know, win championships for what that's worth. You know, I, you know, this, those don't mean a whole hill of the beans in the big scheme of things, but I've done all these great things. I'm okay with if it ended tomorrow, I wouldn't have any regrets. And that's where you got to have to have that mentality. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, I've been, I, I get asked that numerous times. It's like, hey, is that my farewell? Is this it for me? I just feel like the the time that the world is right now. My biggest thing was obviously you have to adapt to a higher extent every time to keep yourself relevant, keep yourself going. I love being the American Prodigy. Obviously, that's a simple gimmick. Obviously, that's one of the most easiest ones. And obviously, that's one of the ones that it could help you on a longevity standpoint, but it can't help you higher up. And I and I think that's one reason where I just like started deciding to close the door a little bit was just because it was like the way the world was going, obviously, around the time where the kneeling and everything else was going, I'm just like, I don't know if this is perfect for me anymore because I'm supposed to be a top hot baby face. I'm getting booed in buildings now just because of stuff that's going on in the world. Right. <laughs> well, you have to find out who you are in wrestling, man. And, and, um, you know, my character, when, uh, the way I describe my character to people now is I'm like Austin powers when he left the seventies into the nineties, but I'm from the nineties and I'm here. And I'm just I'm I'm still in my own world, yeah. and you know um, it's not really necessarily about singing or anything like that. And a lot of people just hate that it's gimmicky. It, it, you know, I'm like, well, here's my thing, man. On a card, you're gonna have the guys that want to wrestle like a Zack Saber Jr. or you know uh, those just solid pure wrestling matches. And I can wrestle, but can I do the things they can do? And 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 all maybe not. But I guarantee you, and Jimmy Hart taught me this, and Dick Clark taught him that. So you can talk about, like, you know, is it legitimate? He said, hey, man, if you got something that they're going to remember, that they're going to buy into, you'll be fine. And you can't say, like, I know there's guys in this business that absolutely hate me. I know. And they hate the character of the pop star. 
But it's something, whether I'm a healer or babyface, that when you walk out that door, you will remember the guy coming out there either dancing in an old lady's life. Because Dr. Tom Pritchard said this, and he, I remember him saying this at a seminar. They won't remember your match. They won't remember every move. They won't remember all that. You know what they remember? How you made them feel. You can't, you can't do anything. Like a feeling is just part of you. We talk about our favorite wrestling matches as kids, and I wish people would, like, you know, as they study matches, okay, don't just study the match, bro. Study the lead-up to the match. You know what I mean? Because without the lead-up to a match, it means nothing. You know what I mean? And it's like, how did it make you feel going into it? When I was 14, man, I was just so anxious. Shawn Michaels and uh, Stone Cold WrestleMania 14, I was just, oh, here we go. Yeah, this is, oh, man, I'm because I was invested in it. That's is something that you can buy into. So your your American pride is gimmick, man. It, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing for kids. I get in this climate that it's a hard thing to pull off. Uh, but at the at the root of mm-hmm. it is still a, a positive message. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, but <laughs> AP took a beating. What's that? <laughs> I said AP took some beatings. <laughs> well, I mean, and here's the thing about that kind of character. You can flip it. You can you can oh, flip yeah. the American prodigy it. gimmick and you could be, you know, the Kurt Angle CM Punk type deal. Like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. I'm what America should be about. I've thought about that. You know? It's I mean, I thought about that numerous times and stuff. It was just like honestly, dude, when I finally said, Okay, I'm gonna go on my own, whatever. Obviously, I still had a lot of issues. Obviously, I wasn't fully ready. Obviously, I was just, I was just ready. I was anxious at that time. Like if, say, like if I was who I am before I quit, to if it would have this coronavirus, I would be freaking out. I wouldn't know what to do. I just felt like I had to get back in a picture. I had to be talked about. I had to be on flyers. I had to be shown. And I was, and I was, and I was taught that. And. Obviously, it was to an extent that I needed to listen on that. Obviously, I needed to uh, just reevaluate myself, yep. figure out what I wanted to do, figure out what I needed to, what do I need to change to to please the audience that I'm going to be around now. Because obviously, the audiences that I used to perform were just a certain brand crowd. Well, and obviously, and the one thing I did love about those is the story. Obviously, when I went on my own a little bit, the storytelling kind of fell off a little bit. It was just, you see guys just numerous times trying to just throw big matches out there to go 20, 30 minutes every day. And it was just like, uh, and I and I was a victim of that for a while. I, I felt like I had to have the best match on the card every single night. And now, kind of wish it was like, you know what, I wish I would just been a, more of a character and relied on my gimmick instead of my moveset, like, I well, I mean, bro, one thing to remember, anybody listening to this that is a worker, if you can't be enough without uh, wrestling, you'll never be enough with wrestling. You got to remember who Warren is and, and you know, who, who you are as a father and is uh, 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 in a relationship or whatever, you know, because this will end. This will end, and you will mm-hmm. not be like you know watching the Undertaker series. And again, we're not him. I'm not saying that dude's a legend. I get that. I'm using that as an example to say that I got to keep going back. I got to keep going back. And 
it's like, well, yeah. who, who he's finding out who Mark Calloway is now after, you know, 30 something years. It's you have to be able to turn on the switch and be able to turn it off and say like, okay. And that, I just see that so many times. And that's where the narcissism comes into play is that you, you can't turn mm-hmm. it off. You can't just be, you know, Bob, you got to be this whatever character. And I have people in my head, but I'm on, you know, protect myself right now from any, any fallback. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's uh, because I'm not, you know, I don't know their backstory. I don't know what they're going, they're going through. But I mean, lots of times you can read through the line. And that's the sad thing. I feel like that's the sad thing too, because we're we're around these guys all the time. Most of the shows we're around pretty much the same right. group. Maybe got two or three new guys every single time, and it's sad that. We just know them from what we see. We just know them from the wrestler and know from, hey, if we travel with them, we travel with them. But we don't know them outside of that character. We don't know them like how they are when they're at home, when they're around their friends. Obviously, we got people that, that, that think, okay, you know what? I don't need to be in my kid's life. I don't need to be there with my wife all the time i don't need to do that I don't need and then, you know what i think that and is I, and i was around that before. i tell you what that is man it's a, it's a protection right. of um like you got these guys and i think mm-hmm. yes protect your like protect your character because i noticed through the years fans you know you talk about uh, early in the conversation about being being a family guy and people going to my shows and you know kid uh, fans know my kids names you know they they know paxton you know they mm-hmm. know when you know because they see that, and, and I've let him in on that, and then partly, I kind of wish I hadn't. But at the same time, I want them to know I'm a real person, you know, And because you got these guys, and, and keep up the facade and keep up the image and keep up the character and the gimmick to the fans. I think so often we have to keep it up to the boys in the back. I'm a, I'm a yeah. goofy character, bro. I'm somebody that I just feel like, you know, like, Hey, you know, oh man, Romano, yeah, he, you know, and and I feel like I can, you know, I'm a good hand, if you will, like, oh, okay, if I, you know, Romano would have a good match with him, you know, I can sell really well. Is one of the strongest points is is my selling and all that. But I say that to be like, when I come back through the curtain, I can just be okay and hey, how you doing? And you know, da da da. I see so many people come back to the curtain and they got to still like, you know, oh, you know. Boast. I mean, I've seen I've seen mm-hmm. seminars where whoever was conducting the seminar would be like, "Hey, man, chill. You don't have to be in character right now. Like, we're just talking," and they can't cut it off. Yeah. They can't. I feel like a lot of people feel like they're offensive if they don't know who if they if they don't know who they. That's are. an identity crisis. And obviously, not everyone's gonna know anybody. No one's gonna know everyone. I mean, obviously, I knew you. Obviously, there's people that I've been on the show that didn't know who the heck I was, and I, obviously at that time I felt I was like, all right. You will know by this night, and that's where I felt like I had to do those twenty to thirty minute dances. And now I kind of wish I did. <laughs> I'm only twenty nine years old, and I've already had to like step down. Man, you gotta, just because it was just like, oh my god. The thing is, man, is if when you have, and I personally believe, and I have people that disagree with me on this that I highly respect, but I personally believe if you look at your card. Learn to wrestle an opening match. Learn to wrestle a second match. Mm-hmm. Learn to wrestle. Those are all different levels. Opening match, put them on fire, get them going. Don't do nothing to the outside. Wrestle, mm-hmm. you know, pop them, boom. 
second match usually is kind of one that's just there to keep them going, but you still want to, you know, you're building to the main event. So if the whole show is a movie, mm-hmm. the opening match is just kind of telling you what we're about. What's the movie going to be about? You know, what, what are we watching? Yeah. You know, it, 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 if you're watching a, if you don't know nothing about star Wars, opening scene might be something where, you know, stormtrooper comes in, shoots off something, da, 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 da. But then that's, it's just a, a, not a generic scene, but it's just something, oh, wow, that was cool. Then you build up to the actual final battle of, you know, the Empire Strikes Back or whatever it is. Same way as if you're building up to um, a cage match at the very end. Or if you're building up to somebody's going to do, uh, you know, a street fight match at the main event, then every match should basically stay in the ring altogether because you want the idea of going out of the oh, ring cool. to be special. You know, I mean, man, the thing is, is, like, a lot of people respect my opinion. A lot of people don't respect my opinion because they just think of the silly pop star or the guy that comes out to Spice Girls. It's a character, man. I've been... It's a gimmick. Yeah. I mean, that's what wrestling is. It's just... It's a well, gimmick. I mean, I've invested and I love where... myself in learning from, you know, Dory Funk, Dr. Tom Pritchard, oh, yeah. uh, Matt Stryker, Matt Hardy, Rock and Roll Express, Joey Mercury, Luke Gallows. Um, you know, these names, it's not like I was just training with Billy Bob. You know what I mean? I went after a little while. I was like, wait a minute. If I want to get better, I got to get, I got to branch out. So I have all the stuff in my head to see. And I, I see things. I go, hey, you know, when you do that, man. Maybe if you do this to this, it'll 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 garner a better reaction or whatever the case may be. And you know, some people are open to hearing my opinion. Other people are like, "Don't listen to him. He he doesn't know what he's talking about." Well, it's not like I'm just I learned wrestling on a Nintendo 64 from you know the grapple button. Exactly. You know, I paid my dues. You've experienced it, and I mean that's yeah, you've paid your dues. And dude, I mean I don't care what anyone says. You have so much knowledge to an extent to where you could help somebody that's completely wanting to start doing it and maybe get them a longevity standpoint. In it. Because, dude, you're your gimmick. You, when you work a match, yeah, you might, you, you are great on sale. I won't even lie about it. We've been in the ring, I think, maybe twice. Uh, we've never been on a full singles competitive match. Sorry about that. But we've been on a, I've talked about, in the past where I did the tag team with Jay and Proc. And uh, I remember when I was in the ring with Tosta, I was selling at one point, And then obviously I was just getting thrown up in the air and I got slammed down on a suplex or whatever. And then found out it was you <laughs> that just did it. Right. Well, I mean, dude, <laughs> but, like back um, in the day, I, I was watching some of my stuff when I was uh, younger and I, you know, I can't do them no more. My mind won't let me do it, but I used to do springboard drop kicks and, you know, uh, a lot of people ask me, like, hey, well, what, what kind of high-flying stuff mm-hmm. do you do? I was like, I really don't. And I hate taking the planches. I hate taking suicide dives from people. Uh, and I tell you why, oh, because yeah. I'm like, bro, there's – if there's, like, you know, less than 100 people out there, you're about to do something that they're, they're – like, oh, I've done it a million times. Yeah. I've, I was like, I get that, man. However – but it takes one time. It takes yeah, one it takes time. one time to break your always... neck. Break your neck, and you will never be able to walk again. 
to do a move. I hate the suicide dive. And I tell you what our, uh, you know, yeah, the, oh. I tell you why I hate it. And, and then not to be like this really old school guy. I, it, I, I, I basic splash does a, a lot more perceived damage than a suicide uh, plancha mm-hmm. dive where you're just going straight through the middle of the ropes because all it does is it looks like you're just yep. pushing them, you know? Yep. But for the risk, I the risk factor of it is insane. i tell you why I never did it. I watched, uh, I was like, Chris Manoir versus Jericho. I don't remember what it was. I think it was uh, Roy Rumble with the ladder match. And his feet get hung on the middle rope. And he just, boom, down. Mm-hmm. You got to say, like, where do I want to implement this big move? Brock Lesnar could do a shooting star press and only did it one time. He did it on, you know, at OVW, but he did it one time at WrestleMania and damn near broke his neck. And, you know, he's a monster with it, but he did the one time. And I, I try to tell guys, like, you don't have to do all those things, man. Like, I know I'm 35 and I don't want to risk my job. I don't want to risk my, you know, my family's security or anything like that. Well, what can I do to work around that and still have a quality match? Oh, that's right. I can do a million other things from a, you know, uh, gimmicky standpoint and and actually wrestling standpoint. But when they're like, Hey, you know, you want to do a dive tonight? I'm like, well, depending, you know, basic, if you want to do something, I'm not going to allow you to do, Anything to where <laughs> you could hurt me or I could hurt you with that much of a, of a risk factor. If you want to just do a, a basic plancha, cool. If you're wanting to do like an acai moonsault, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not Unless there's like seven of us outside to where you're taken care of, maybe. But why do you want to do that? Why do you feel mm-hmm. like you have to take such a risk in front of – Less than 200 people almost all the time. On average, a good, you know, I mean, I know some of these houses have five, 600 people, but on an average, you know, you got your 75 Mm -hmm. to 200 people. No need in all that, man. I mean, it's it's crazy. And I agree with what you're saying on that because I was like that for a little bit. I remember when I first started deciding, all right, I was going to start jumping outside of the ring. Oh, just a basic crossbody, easy to do, whatever. Uh, I was doing it thousands of times in training. Always made sure I was prepared to go into a show. If I was going to do it, I made sure I performed it to where I knew, hey, I'm going to protect myself. But like I, like you said before, it only takes one time. I, I went to go up for it, and I usually only did that spot if I had at least three or four people. So I knew for a fact I could get catch, no problem. I won't have to worry about anything. Well, I decided to do it with one guy because we thought, okay, it's going to be a big house. It's going to be a big show to do this. And I damn near almost hurt myself. And uh, and I feel like that's one reason why all my injuries started started uh, stacking up a little bit was just from this one spot. And it was, and like you said, you can do it a million times. All it does is take you one well, time. And I remember the first time I wrestled Logan Stevens. Logan showed me that all I got to use is my gimmick and just old school wrestling. We don't have to do thousands of spots. We don't have to jump out of the ring. We don't have to do this. And I learned that personally just working him my first time working with him. And it, and I was, and I went in the back with him and I told him, I was like, you're right. 
Like, I didn't have to do really anything. Well, you know how you can uh, – you can the crowd was just so – You know how you can know that that's 100% true? And even in today's market, if you went – I mean, not now, but if you went to a house show or even a Raw taping or whatever, and they had like a little dark match, opening spot is going to be what? Lock up, shoulder tackle, drop flat, leapfrog, blah, blah, blah. It's something that we see, we can call it because we know it's coming – but the crowd's going crazy for it because they're just hyped to see mm-hmm. some wrestling, right? Oh, you know, yeah. and that's the the build up aspect mm-hmm. of. But where my mind changed, bro, is uh, in Albany, um, at the State Theater. I was wrestling a guy, and I was going to do in my head. I was it was like the finish is going to be a sunset flip, and I said, you know what, man, I want to go like Johnny B. Bad style with it. I want to do one just like clear off the top and like really clear you. He's like, all right. Well, he mm-hmm. was too far away, and I was already on the top rope, so I said, I'm just going to go for it. And I tombstone myself uh, off the top rope, you know, down on top of my head. I'm lucky I'm not in a wheelchair. I uh, didn't clear him at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how I didn't break my neck is amazing, man. And it's one of those deals where I just said, you know, I don't want, you know, I've, there's things that I've wanted to implement in my stuff. Like I would like to start doing springboards again, but I mentally can't do it anymore because I've done shut that part mm-hmm. of my brain off that I don't need it. So I'm not going to do it. I'm mean, because I don't, I'm not going to risk hurting myself for this one moment because the other basic things that we're doing are already risk enough and long-term wear and tear. Oh. So you just, I mean, you got to um oh. think outside of the, I mean, I know with us being smaller guys, it's that mentality that you have to like, yeah, we have to just high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot, you know, and it's. Especially, especially that I wear a mask. That's the first thing you think, okay, what high spots are you doing? I remember I went to some shows and they were like, okay, he's going to be doing this outside of the ring. What are you going to do? And I was just sitting there, I was like, I didn't even have an idea of wanting to jump out of the ring that day. You're a mask guy. You yeah, see, it. that's that's. I hate that back you in a corner kind of mentality. I hate that terminology. That's one reason. That's. I feel like that's one reason why I was just like, all right, man, this is starting to slowly go away more and more. Because I, I feel like I just, I ran myself so completely out to where I was just drinking. I was just at that point where I was just like, you know what, I'm ready to be warm, Marlo, again. I'm not, I'm not trying to do all this anymore. It's just. It, it got to an extent like it was it was taking a lot on me. and with a mass character when i first decided to do this i simply said i wasn't going to be a high flyer i wanted to be that guy it was kind of like the right. patriot but to a newer generation right. type scenario and that's one reason why i had my gloves that's why i had the mask the way it was because it's very hard to find an american mask right. <laughs> it's very hard to find a certain type of mask and at that time, I didn't know, I didn't have all those connections to be like, hey, can someone make my mask or something? I was just like, oh, this looks cool. And then obviously Deadpool just started throwing a trailer a month before I debuted. So <laughs> I was just screwed at the right. beginning. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those deals where, man, you, you, like we said before, is like finding yourself and, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. being brave enough to speak up when you're like, no, I'm not. I had, I've had guys like that oh, where, yeah. Old school me, five, six, definitely 10 years ago, I would be like, yeah, we'll do it. Fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I'm like, no, I won't get color on the indies um, because what you pay me in an envelope um, is not worth me taking a razor blade in my head 
because, you know, I don't care how many precautions, but we're smarter now about things. We know about more, you know, the cross-contamination of, of, of blood and, and, and open wounds and all that. It's, it's not worth it, man. And I won't do anything of that nature. And I'll tell guys, you know, like, what was it from uh, Spider-Man on Family Guy? If they have all these high spots, I'm like, you get one. You know what I mean? Uh, you mm-hmm. remember that with Spider-Man? <laughs> He's like, you, you get one. And that would be it. It's like, all right, pick one mm-hmm. that you want in there because I'm not going to do. Yeah. I'm not. Cause I always, I got accused of being that guy that likes to call everything in the back uh, early on. But I was like, I'm not that guy. I like to call uh, a basic foundation where we're at and then go from there. And then we get, you know, we can go at a point mm-hmm. a, a point B and a point C and that's it. And if, you know, but, but man, there are guys out here, and they're quality workers, but they want to call mm-hmm. how many steps and this to this to this to this to this. And one of the biggest things I learned from yeah. uh, I used to be that. Well, you know the, what the uh, here's I used to be here's like somebody that. I learned from uh, Cue Ball Carmichael, uh, Christopher Jackson uh, taught me this, and I'm like, and he trained Joey Mercury. I went to a camp of his, and I didn't understand what he meant at the time, but he was like word of transitions and everybody is like, you know, the move to the move, you know, you're going one move to another. He's like, no transitions are the most important part of the match. That's that part in between the body slam. That's that part after you clothesline him. What are you doing? And what is he doing? Is he laying there dead or is he trying to pull himself back up to the will to fight? Are you as the heel going around? How I got him. Hey, he's, he's done for now and he's back up and you're reacting like, Oh, what, how are you back up? It's those things that make a match. Man, you, there's no more moves you can do. You can't invent another move. They're, they're done. It, it, it's over. You're not going to invent a new way to do some other type of, of of move. I mean, I, I as soon as the vertebraker came out with Shane Helms, I was like, all right, well, you know, that that's it. Because you can't I mean of course we kept inventing different ways and you know, I like what's the dude who does the inverted four fifty, you know, um uh Mustafa. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ali? yeah. His whole Mustafa that Ali. is an amazing move, man. There's no way I could possibly do it. But I have that mentality oh, no. of how is it more effective than a regular 450? You know, that's what I always mm-hmm. try to say is like, why, to me, what gets over more is, uh, God, what's the guy, the big guy, Otis, right? Oh, yeah. His, his. Yeah. I, I will tell you this right now. His gimmick is getting him right. The 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 the, the worm or what does he call it? He doesn't call it the worm. Um, whatever he does, it's, I think it's called the caterpillar. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> bro. That is more effective as getting over than the inverted four fifty. The cobra from uh, mm-hmm. Santino Morella was more effective than. Uh, you know, I don't know who has a crazy a punch. A crate. I'm trying to think of those moves where, yeah, you know, uh, it, it because it's silly and all that. And I get that and the protecting of the business, but and then I say, you know, 
to come back to uh, full force and all this, we were talking, you know, like how, how's the year treating, you know, all that like wrestling's perspective has changed. Like who'd have thought the term cinematic matches would be a thing. You know, you watch oh, yeah. that Undertaker thing. And it's over. You watch that Undertaker thing uh, on the last one, the, the very last chapter of the last ride. They're showing them filming it. They're showing them cut. Let's do that again. Mm-hmm. Bro. Like, that, like, that blew my mind. I was like, oh, wow, we're not even going to try to maintain that it's a realism. So if you can give that up, yeah. and, and you know, I think uh, – who said it best? There's an interview or a speech with Mike uh, Quackenbush from Chikara where he mm-hmm. talks about yeah. if you can escape your, your thought process of what re- wrestling is – you can enjoy it. Put it the goggles on that you're watching an Avengers movie. You're not dictating the Avengers movie based off of mm-hmm. how real it is. You're dictating it off of the story and, and how it's progressing. If you can put on those goggles, you can really do anything with wrestling. And, and, and I think that's uh, another aspect of I don't know where I stand anymore because it's it's not our wrestling anymore. It's it, And our wrestling, when we got in, it wasn't the 80s. And the 80s wasn't the 70s. And, you know, because I'm probably the biggest fan of early 90s wrestling and, you know, with the cartoonishness of a Doink the Clown and a, a Kona Crush and uh, a baseball player that's out of work. You know, I enjoyed that. Um, but now a lot of people didn't. I didn't really start appreciating those until after I started well, wrestling. When I started wrestling, I really started to appreciate what we call the quote jobbers. I really appreciated just the character because obviously when you were a kid, you're all Stone Cold, Rock, Hogan, Macho Man, Andre, just the big, bigger, larger than life character. And it's not based off of their wrestling. It's based off of their right. And take, I remember when I, when, when you watch, when you used to watch wrestling, you were always like, Oh man, this guy always loses. Like he sucks. But when, when I got in it, those are the guys that I'm watching to become a wrestler, like Tim Horner, Brad Armstrong. Those are the two great examples that I Bro. always tell people. Those are the two guys that I watched continuously to, to get Brad my Armstrong. And honestly, at that Brad time, is one of the greatest examples to use. And I'll tell you why that you can go to, he knew how to, man, dude, he's so underrated. Go to the 80s when he was like, a top yeah. talent, and he was wrestling Ric Flair for the NWA world title in a full-fledged, you thought he was going to win it. Then you can go to, like, and I, I can find both yeah. the matches. You can go to, like, 1993, or not 93, he wouldn't have been in there, 94 maybe? Yeah, maybe 94 when he returned, when Ric Flair returned on one of those Orlando tapings where it would air on, like, Saturday afternoons or whatever, WCW Power Hour. And it's Ric Flair versus Brad Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And Brad is considered the enhancement talent. You know what I mean? And both matches yeah. are so distinctly different in their perspective. Yet, you know, Brad looks strong in both of them. That, that mm-hmm. is a worker right there. He knew at the time in the 80s, he was a top tier guy. And it had to look like he re- in this other one. Hey, man, this is a match that's going to air on, you know, uh, a random market uh, throughout the United States. It could be on at Saturday at two. It could be on Sunday at two o'clock in the morning. We don't know. We need you to put somebody right. over. And he was able to switch it. 
Like that, that was the difference for me. Well, you and then that's another thing is learn yeah, how mean, to switch you when you're working with somebody. If I'm working, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, if I'm coming in somewhere, um, and then you ask the guys all the time, you know, a true worker would put over anybody and still make themselves look good. You know what I mean? You would never have a problem going into right. – I've seen guys go, oh, I can't lose. I'm a champion at blah, blah, blah. You're like, okay, I mean, well, let's find a scenario around this. I know certain scenarios with higher-up promotions, you can't have a pinfall loss. I get that. But there's always ways to work around things. But when you go in – you know, you see these guys go into business for themselves. It's like – the narcissism again comes into play where they start believing their own, their own hype. And it's like, you should be able to flip it. You know, like, all right, I got to get this. That's my goal is anytime I go somewhere new, I go, what can I, you know, that's something I learned from old timers is you go in saying, what can I do for you? Not when you, and Quackenbush taught me that, like, don't go in and say, I do this and this. And I, you know, you need me, you know, da, da, da. Uh, you know, I, I could be this and I can do this. You say, like, how can I help your talent? Bro, that's going to get you bookings. If you can say, how can I help oh, your yeah. promotion? What can I do to be a service and an aid to you improve myself? Man, instead of saying, I'm this champion, I'm, I'm this and I've done that and the other. If you're very humble about it, they go, wow, let's, let's give this kid a chance. That's another thing missing from wrestling is there's nobody humble anymore. Zero being humble across the board. Uh, That's that's one reason why I felt like it was just – I feel like that's one reason why I was so burned out. Because I remember we had this conversation when I finally left. You know what I'm going to say? When I finally left PCW, you saw how humble I started to become. You started started seeing like I, I just felt blessed just to be there. I didn't care what the size of the crowd was. I didn't care how my match was supposed to be. Obviously, I was supposed to wrestle Logan. And Logan wanted to do a very good long time. And I, at first, I told Logan, I was like, bro, you're in a gun. If I'm opening with you, we're probably not going to do anything much. But he's like, I want to get you to have your stuff over, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, but you're going to be in there longer than I am. <laughs> I'm only in there for like five minutes, if that. Like, we don't need to put in so much. I don't want to put a big move on you to where it's going to, like, harm you or affect you through that match. And, I mean, some of those things I just – I really did not see when I was with my other company at that time. And it's it's sad. I mean, that's one thing I just feel like I'm happy to where I'm at right right now. I feel like I'm not – when I left, I really, at that time, I wasn't, like, in a regret. When I played college basketball and stuff like that when I was younger, I was in a very high regret area. I didn't like how I had to leave. I didn't like what happened to that standpoint. I was like, well, oh, I could be in the European League playing basketball. I was in a very regretful stage at that time. When I finally decided to say, you know what, AP's done, mask is off, whatever, I wasn't upset. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't like, man, I could have done this or done this. Like, obviously, sometimes I sit there and when I have some of my old guests on here and I'm like, I, I wish I could have worked with them. I wish I could have done a tag team with them or whatever. But do, do I also go, oh, man, I, I just, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not well, done. Bro, let me, I'm happy let me say this. I and I don't know if I've said it before because I know we've been talking a while, but let me say this. Like, 
you got you have to understand that and it took me so long it and I don't know if you're at that point yet but Johnny Romano is a pro wrestler Johnny Romano is a father Johnny Romano is a social mental health caseworker Johnny uh, Romano is a husband these are labels on I used to be Johnny Romano is a pro wrestler that is who I am that's all I want to be defined as no, pro wrestling is a part of me, right? It doesn't define mm-hmm. me. Pro wrestling doesn't define who exactly. I am. And, you know, I've had these bouts of depression uh, during this quarantine because I feel like, man, am I losing my my uh, spot uh, where I was trying to kind of build up? Am I having to mm-hmm. start over? Man, I see all these guys getting on shows around this area. Do I need to try to just go and try? Like, no. Do you Do this show coming up in July? See how you feel. Take your precautions. Get in some good shape. And then kind of like ease your way back into some things. Don't feel like, oh, I, got, I, I almost fell in that trap of I got to be on these shows. I got to go. I got Let me hit these people up. Let me, I'm not even asking. I'm working with the CWF bed. Um, good friends with the people in it. Good little group. And I'm trying to see how that goes to just get my feet wet again. But, again, pro wrestling is not all Johnny Romano is. Pro wrestling is not all that American American prodigy is the pro wrestler, but you yourself, <clears throat> the father, and everything else you have under your label. If you can let it just be part of you overall, then you've won. But if you, it, it's that battle of of trying to just feel like I, no, I'm just a pro wrestler, and I, you know, that's that's where a lot of these guys fall into these. Look! Look! Look at our look at our heroes, man. Most of our heroes, the guys that we just implement, uh, wanted to implement and wanted to be like and wanted to, you know, follow. Look at their um lifestyle now. And I'm not gonna name names because I got one. I have oh, one right. specific that I check on him. Whoever listens to this, I know who I'm talking about. But I check on him every few months, and I try to make sure he's doing okay because he's one. He's one of my heroes, you know. And I worry about him, but these guys, you know, they're their lifestyle once the 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 cameras went off lots of times is nothing that you would ever want to be a part of you know you wouldn't want that that part of you and that's where you don't want to fall into that you got to find the balance How, can i have this can i have a have this in my life and it not a negatively affect my other part of my life can i be able to walk away from this and not have any regrets not have because i'm okay with everything now like up to this point i'm okay with everything now because as it stands now it was almost like undertaker retiring was like a just a nice little bow on my pro wrestling you know what i mean on my nice little Mm -hmm. like all right and that's that so anything i do now as part of this new world and all you know what's going on now Hey, this is cool. It's not what my wrestling was, but the, okay, I, you know, it'd be nice to be kind of part of this. But I'm not going to have any feelings because what the wrestling I know is not really existing anymore, and I can I can be able to let go you know, of it, and I can be okay with it. So you got to be be able to be okay with yourself, man. You got to be able to say like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll come wrestle. Well, hey, can you do this date and this date? Oh, I can do that date, but I can't do that because my kid has this. I was that person. I you know how many mm-hmm. birthdays my kid missed. Uh, he couldn't go to uh, other friends' birthday parties because I had to get to this wrestling booking. I had to go to this, you know, whatever. 
uh, because I had to keep up this mentality of stuff and, and my kids suffered for it and I regret that. I mean, yeah, he got to be part of wrestling and he, he has fun with it, but he, you know, I don't want him to miss out. I don't want any of my kids to miss out on anything because I'm doing this. You know what I mean? It's, 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 exactly. a, mm-hmm. it's not a hobby. I'm drew golden. God rest his soul passed away during this whole uh, ordeal. Um, very good friend of mine, like a father figure to me. He told me, he's like, treat this as a business that is a hobby and not a hobby as a business. Make sense? I love that terminology. Treat it. I love that Treat it very serious. Treat it very, very seriously. But know that at the end of the day, overall, you're not – I don't care who you are. And I, this conversation I've had a lot of people, and I've done the math. Have fun with this, whoever's listening. Break down how many days you work in a month oh, yeah. and how much you actually made from that envelope. Then divide, you know, like your gas – you know, and all that. I don't care if you're making triple digits on every single show. You'd have to wrestle like 15 times a month for it to be, uh, you know, a drop in the bucket overall. And that was another yeah. thing somebody taught me. You don't make money wrestling. You make money around wrestling. That makes sense. You make yeah. money. I, I, I had to learn that. I had to learn that a tough way because obviously where I was at, we were based off of pays, whatever. I didn't really care because I, I just felt like I needed to pay my dues. I needed to be respectful to people around me. Obviously, you need to respect before you even step foot in that ring because tons and tons and tons and tons of people have bled, sweat, and teared inside that ring, regardless of where you've been, regardless of where you've been at. And I feel like this is a thing that people really need to realize. If you've laced off your booth and you have been in that ring, you've earned somebody's respect because right there, just taking that step is a very big step. And I feel like so many people just feel like their crap don't stink. They feel like, Oh, they're so much better. You know what I call it? And I just feel like, I know what I call that. I call it captain of the football team syndrome. It's, it's that dude or the, you know, you know, he's the coolest thing ever. And what happens to him after he he didn't get the scholarship or whatever. And then he's, you know what? He's usually, you know, it's like, dude, why do you, why you got to treat people like, like crap? And I see that a lot of times. Like, why, why do you have to treat people like crap? Why can't you? I've seen guys that I'll see somebody do something wrong in the ring and they'll go, hey, man, come here real quick. And they'll walk away with them, away from everybody. And they'll go, hey, man, you messed this up. Da, 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 da. And then I've seen in locker rooms where, and it's happened to me early on in my career where I just get, you know, just chewed out in front of the whole locker room. I've seen it happen to other guys. And it's like, why? Why'd you have to do that? Why Why couldn't you say, hey, man, come here. Hey, man, that was really dangerous what you did. You could have hurt that guy. Or you could have hurt me in that ring. That you know, I, And I understand if you tried to hurt me or whatever by accident, I would be kind of mad. But, or if they just – how they were selling or whatever they was doing or they didn't look like they were trained or whatever. You bring them aside. You talk to them. It's too much of boasting your chest, and that's the that's the stuff I don't mm-hmm. miss from wrestling, bro. I don't miss that whole captain of the football team. There's always the one that walks in the locker room. It has to they just overtake everything. Speaking of like a certain crew that you know, I've seen that happen. <laughs> to where it's like, hey man, I mean, you know, 
I'm just going to be honest with that. I've I, The one thing that blows my mind since I've been doing this podcast and just been outside of it, I, I'm just blown away how much respect everyone is that I have never really spent time with, how much y'all are the ones supporting what I've done in the past compared to the group that I was with. And obviously, we're not going to – I mean, not going to sugarcoat this. Like, they feel like they're better than everyone. They feel like they their shit don't stink. They feel like it's that way and there's no other way. Uh, and I realized that that I wasn't the case. Well, you know, and, I can um, tell you uh, – and, again, we haven't said no names, so whoever wants to say whatever, they can say whatever. But <clears throat> that certain crew, I can remember being in the locker room and it'd be sitting there um, – I won't even say the other person's name, but – they come up and they go shake his hand. They look at me and they keep walking. I don't care if you think I'm a piece of yeah. garbage in the ring. You go shake everybody's hand. You know what I mean? You go around and, and or at least say, hey, if we're in a time where you can't shake hands because all this whole deal, you acknowledge them like, hey, man, nice meeting you. Have a safe trip home or whatever. You acknowledge. Al Snow said it mm-hmm. best. You're not thanking the guy for the match. You're not thanking the guy. You're thanking him for being part of it to help with the show, to give you an opportunity. That's why you go shake the person who pops the popcorn. That's why you go shake the person, shake the hand that put up the ring. You go shake the hand of everybody. And that crew, I seen where they find their own area and they got to be away from everybody. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's where they do that even outside of shows. And that was one thing that people, I feel like got more respect for me from it because I represented that brand, but I was too. I always held myself to a higher extent. You know that. I never just sat there and looked at you and never shook your hand. I went in there first thing, hand out, and and y'all see me. I I went to other shows that I didn't need to put the ring up or anything, but I did just to show respect. And I feel like I tried to be that that brand for so long. I tried to represent that one company to basically get the exposure, get something out of it. But I was also trying to help all of the guys behind me. Well, and obviously now at that time, now it's like, okay, I bled, sweat and teared for so long there. Maybe I should have done something outside of here, but I'm at that point where I'm just not in regretting. I don't care. It's, it's whatever, but I got to live a dream of being a professional wrestler. I got to live a dream being what I love to call myself a superhero. And, and that's just something that no one never can take away. Exactly, from. bro. And, and like I said, you know, to wrap up on those, that whole deal is that they just, that mentality that's creating monsters for this business. Uh, not that I think uh, mm-hmm. that you know, they'll really branch out further because they protection and numbers because if they can travel in the crew that nobody can really like say anything. But you know, yeah, you know, I mm-hmm. I just hate that mentality. It's like why, why, you know, you don't feel. If I was an older the school guy, you know, I would have been like, so you don't think you have to come up to everybody and shake their hand? What's the problem, you know? But I'm like, nah, don't like, I'm gonna let it go, you know. But anyway, well, man, we've been talking for an hour and a half now. So. No, I was about to tell you we gotta start closing it yeah. out. But man, I appreciate you talking to me on this. And don't worry, man. We'll have to do it. Yeah, again. man. Well, let me just say this on an ending note. If anybody, I mean, I know these things are long and we don't know how many people actually listen to the, the very end. My drive home point, man, is anybody on here, if you're feeling less than 
what you need to be. Go get help. Don't be afraid to go talk to somebody. There's numbers out there. There's things out there. Mm-hmm. Had fun talking and, and talking about wrestling, but the most important thing is your mental health and taking care of yourself. If you don't have anybody, hey, hit up the pop star. I'll talk to you, man. So that's what I'll end on, man. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you doing this, brother. Be safe. All right, man. Take care. All right, everyone, this is Go Home Q. First and foremost, I would like to thank Johnny Romano for joining me today and talking about these great topics that we talked about. The main one I loved really talking about was mental health. Uh, I didn't know Johnny had suicidal thoughts in the past and stuff, so, I mean, that was really heart-wrenching to find out and uh just i'm sure y'all realize like how good of a genuine guy this could this guy could really be um always a a fan of the work always a fan of of his project his product everything so i mean i would like to just thank him for joining us today but i really really enjoyed talking to him today really enjoyed just picking the brain of him on some things. Uh, just how good a role model he is for his kids, too, was really, really cool. That was one thing I, I got the first knowledge of meeting Johnny was watching his family come to a show and watching his kids help set up a ring. You don't ever... I the, Where I came from in the wrestling background and stuff, I have never saw that. So that was really cool to watch. Um, really cool to witness, to learn. Just, hey, daddy might be doing this, but this is what you have to do to get to that. So that's pretty cool. But I want to thank everyone for joining us today. I hope we didn't bore you. So let's end it off like we always do and get your weekend started. I hope everyone washes their hands. Stay safe. Be safe. Be clean. Protect your own. Watch what you need to do. And I will be back when we have more down the road. Later. of the Rasp Rebellion. I want everyone to go to the website repsports, R-E-P-P sports.com and get 15% off on your first purchase if you do the promo code AP2420 and you have to type in the capital letters of AP2420. And like I said, you get 15% off. I know with the hard times in quarantine, honestly, the supplements are going to be the best way to go. They've got BCAs. They have the energy drinks they have pre-workouts uh whey proteins and stuff i would love everyone to go to repsports.com to get 
and use the promo code AP2420, which is capital letters AP2420, to get 15% off on your first purchase. Thank y'all.